Hey guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. This episode, we're talking about earning 9% on your savings in a 100% guaranteed investment. You know, know, inflation is through the roof. Of course, you know that's above 9%. The stock market, one of the best ways to beat inflation over time, has been struggling. So what's a saver to do? Well, one great solution may also be one of the safest. I'm talking about I-bonds. The I stands for inflation, and they're called that because as inflation goes up, so does the interest on these U.S. government bonds. Example, right now they are paying 9.62%. Sounds great, right? But what's the catch? We're going to find out. I'm Stacey Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hello, Stacey. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer, Aaron Freeman. Hello, Aaron. Hello, everybody. And today's special guest is a former financial advisor, best-selling author, and financial educator, Kevin Matthews from buildingbread.com. Hello, Kevin. Hey, thank you for having me. We are honored to share the stage with you today. We're going to get the ball rolling, but first, a quick disclaimer. Should we discuss specific investments in this podcast, don't take them as recommendations. Why? Because they're not. Before you invest in anything, you got to do your own research. you got to make your own decisions. Okay, now let's get back to our topic at hand today. Kevin, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your experience, and how you happen to be where you are today. Yeah, that's a, a great question. So I started this journey about 12 years ago in 2010 when I founded my company, Building Bread. I started my career initially as a teacher where I taught seventh grade math and decided to to move into finance. I have a degree in economics, a master's in business, and became a financial advisor in about 2014 and started to do that for a while and decided that I wanted to, to be more open and share education and information with everyone and decided to do this full time. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. I also was a, an investment advisor uh, in 1981, I started. So well, I'm surprised we didn't meet there. <laughs> anyway, I've got one, one more question to ask you before we get started. And that is, what is the happiest moment of your life? If you don't mind sharing that with us. Yeah, the happiest moment of my life for me uh, was college graduation in 2012 when I got my degree and actually gave it to my mom for Mother's Day. Um, Hampton University is a historically black college and they graduation every year is on Mother's Day. So it was the most expensive gift I've ever given my mom. <laughs> and <laughs> it's something I, it's like one thing you can never top. It's like, hey, you got this. It was I don't want to talk about how much money it was, but it's hers now. Yeah. And um, as a first-generation college graduate, it's one of the greatest things, uh, greatest moments I had. That is awesome. And the reason, yeah. for for those of you out there listening, the reason I ask our guests about the happiest moments of their life is a reminder to everyone that money is nothing more than a tool you use to create fulfillment, to create the moments that make your life worth living. And don't ever forget that. Okay, now we can get started with the boring <laughs> stuff that we're here to do. Um, <laughs> so... Kevin, tell, tell us a little bit. Well, first of all, what are you thinking about the stock market right now? A little off topic, but what are you thinking about the stock market? Yeah, the stock market has been a, a roller coaster to be, uh, to be, I guess, more concrete of how, it, how it's gone. But I think it really depends on, on where you are and what you're trying to do. For me, it's, I'm still investing. It doesn't really change my investment plan. Um, but stocks are, are really responding to inflation and to supply chain. And I think investors need to kind of tabulate themselves and kind of get themselves situated um, to get ready for, for what may come over the next 18 months or so. Cool. And now let's dive right into I-bonds. But before we do that, 
I'm going to confess something. I don't really know that much about these things. Uh, and I know that you guys do. Kevin, obviously, I know you do because that's why you're here. And also, Miranda, I know you do because when I was researching this podcast, I just read an article that you wrote on iBonds. Right. I, I think it was I, Next Avenue. Is that right? Uh, no, yeah, Next Advisor by Time. And actually, I quoted Kevin's got a quote in that article on iBonds. <laughs> oh, did you really? Okay, yeah, so, yeah, so the bottom so, line here is that I'm just going to sit here. And, and yeah, why, why, don't you, why don't you lead the questioning here, Miranda? Because yeah, I think you guys both know more about this than I do. So I'm just going to sit here and listen. <laughs> yeah, so you know I mean, I won't, so but I'll try to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I bonds, I bonds are interesting, right? Because they're tied to inflation. So a lot of people have started getting really excited about I bonds because you can get this safe 9.62 percent uh, return. This this yield is 9.62 percent, and so people are excited because it's like. You can't get that on a savings account and you can't get that and then you can't get the safety of a bond when you're doing stocks. And so it's this combination of safety and a high yield right now. Um, so I'm going to kick it over to Kevin to tell us about how does that work. So you, you've got this 9.62%, but where does it come from, Kevin? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we can talk about kind of the the design of bonds and like how I bonds work. But essentially, when you are investing in government bonds, you are loaning the U.S. government money and they are paying you back. So it is one of the few times that you could ever use guaranteed an investment in a sentence and it actually be truthful. And as long as the U.S. government is, is collecting taxes, you are going to get paid on these bonds. Now, I bonds are interesting and special because they are made of two rates. You have the fixed rate, and then you have the inflation rate, and that is the one that is adjusted based on where inflation is. So as of today, the fixed rate is actually zero, and the inflation rate, this is the rate that they adjust two times per year, that's the one that, that most people are looking at right now at that 9.62%. So when you combine those two rates together, you get an I-bond, and basically, again, they, they keep you afloat. You don't necessarily make a ton of money, but if inflation goes up, the rate on that bond will go up. If inflation goes down, then the rate on that bond will go down. And the, the purpose here is to just protect the money that you have. So if you have $10,000 in 1981 or $10,000 in 2031, if you have it in an inflation-protected bond, it is still going to be worth the amount of money, at least, that you put in. Now, you said that magic word, 10000 Uh Why? Why 10000 <laughs> yeah, that, that was a magic number. <laughs> so I don't even think I did that on purpose. <laughs> but 10,000 uh, 10, is the maximum that you can put into an I-bond. Now, there is a little bit of a loophole or a bonus where you get to put in an additional 5,000 using your tax refund. That's assuming that you had a refund to begin with. But right now, the limit is 10,000. So you can't put any more than that in any single year. What's, now, what's the, the reason for that? Was, Okay, I was just reading an article uh, before we before we got on the podcast saying that there there are ways around that. Um, are you familiar with this, Kevin? The, the, okay, first of all, it's it's per person, not per household. So if you're married, mm -hmm. your wife can also your spouse can also buy ten thousand dollars worth. Also, mm -hmm. your business, if you're self employed, like I think all four of us are in this podcast, uh, your business can also buy I bonds ten thousand dollars worth. Uh, if you have a trust, that can buy. $10,000 worth. So you can actually, you can really stretch this out and get more uh, if you play your cards right. Do, yeah. Is that, does that coincide with what you know, Miranda? 
Yeah, yeah. And, and well, and like Kevin was saying, too, uh, you can get up to 5000 You can buy up to $5,000 additional with your tax refund. And so as long as you designate that you want to use your tax refund to buy I-bonds, uh, you can actually, you know, get extra on top of that as well. It, it almost sounds like there must be some catch, though, you know, because, I mean, you're earning almost 10 percent totally risk free. I mean, why wouldn't everybody dive on this? Well, first of all, you're yeah. limited, right? You can't put as much in as you would like. Like, like, uh, yeah, like I, I, it's kind of funny because it's like people are like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll do this. And it's like, well, 10,000, you know, earning 9.62% for six months isn't quite the amazing coup you think it is, right? Right. And that's yeah. the other thing yeah, you like just at, said, at too. At the end of the you day, just... it, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, like if you were to put in the max without the tax refund, you're talking about $962. Which, I mean, that's fine. It's better than a bank account, but it's not going to make or break you uh, in, in most cases. But the other part of it is you have to keep it locked for at least one year and you have to keep it for five years. If you break that, um, break the bond or sell it within that five years and you lose the last three months of interest. So that that's a, a caveat there that and if you. You know, if you were to do it for six months and then leave and try and take your that interest and go somewhere, you can't necessarily do that. So there are a few strings that are attached. Now, the, the interest changes every six months. Is it April and October? I think it's April and it's November. May and November. May and November. May, okay. May and November. So I, I have right. <laughs> and, and, and is it based on something we can predict? In other words, is it is a 9.62? Is that coming from the Consumer Price Index? Or is it just something they tell you and that's it? I mean, like, is there something you can tie this to? It's primarily from the Consumer Price Index. They do a little bit more math and adjustments on the back end. But again, it's primarily based on that. They do a little bit of a forward projecting, if you will. Um, because remember, last month it was 9.1, and again, you're getting 9.2. So they, they do a few adjustments in the background, but they do use that CPI as a, as a baseline number to add to that, that rate to kind of keep you at or above inflation. But, but we can't predict now, and, and for those listening to this podcast, th this is July. It's about almost August of 2022. We, we, so the next adjustment will be November, um, and now, but there's no way for us to know what that number is going to be until maybe it maybe that like the October CPI. Is that true? That's 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 close to right. Uh, okay. I mean, it would be very difficult to to guess correctly. We can predict, but to, to predict correctly would be a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. So no. So we, but we, so this is really though, especially if you look at it as a five year investment, it's definitely a one year investment for sure because you can't get out. Mm -hmm. But uh, but you know, even taking the three month penalty of interest on interest, uh, you could get out within five years. But still, we should consider it as a five year investment. So doesn't that put us in a position where we have to predict where interest rates are going to go or where inflation is going to go? Really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. It's really a prediction of where inflation is going to go. And the Federal Reserve, from from what we can tell, has been quite aggressive. They just raised interest rates yesterday. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult balancing act. I think the good thing is that because it is a relatively small amount that there is a there is a way where you can still invest consistently through your 401k, your IRA, yeah. and have a little bit in an I-bond to kind of balance yourself out and, and have that protection um, should inflation increase, which most people say is unlikely, at least over a five-year period. So then can I ask everybody uh, on this podcast, all of our panel, where do you guys see inflation a year from now? 
Where I mean, do you see I, it, Kevin? <laughs> oh, go ahead, anyone. I, I was going to say, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I think the aggressive measures for the Fed are probably going to slow inflation and, and maybe bring it down. But I think it'll still be a little bit on the high side, historically speaking. It's like compared to what we've seen, right? We, we're we coming out of a period of record low interest rates. We've had a long period of low interest rates. And so it feels like it feels excessive. <laughs> like even at 5%, it feels excessive, even though historically speaking, 5% is not super excessive. And so I think, um, so I think it's going to feel icky to us, but I think Ultimately, I, th- I think it's got to slow, right? Eventually, I, I right? I love it when you use those what technical hopes? terms, <laughs> like it, icky. It's an icky. It's an icky. It's an, it's icky, an icky environment. Feeling, environment. But I, I, I'd like to think it's going to slow. I'd like to think that you know this this will actually slow things down a little bit, and we'll see some drops in inflation. But you know, who knows? <laughs> like, well, who you're knows? right about that. What, what do you think, Kevin? Where do you where do you see? You know, first of all, let's let's establish that the farther out we go, and we're talking about a five year time frame here, the the mm-hmm. less likely we are to know have any intelligent guess whatsoever. But where do you see inflation, say next year or the year after, Kevin? Yeah, I think next year and definitely the year after, inflation has to be a lot lower than the 9%, which is what we're saying now. And I say that because the most recent rate hike, if you think about it in terms of dollars, right? If you bought a house, an average $300,000 home in December of 2021, that monthly payment would have been about $1,300. Today, when interest rates are well above 5.5%, that same house, assuming the price didn't change, is now going to cost you $1,700. That's $400 per month and $150,000 over the life of the entire loan. Most people are not going to continue to pile into the housing market at that rate when you see costs rise as quickly as they have. Um, we've already seen gas prices have fallen significant, significantly over the last 45 days or so, and that has been one of the biggest contributors to inflation as well. So based on what we've seen more recently, I would I would say it's it's very logical to say that inflation has to be, I would say, well below 9%, but definitely below where it is right now over the next, again, like 12 to 18 months. But probably still elevated. I mean, versus the, the target for the Fed oh, yeah. is two percent. It's going to be more than two percent next year. Almost, oh, almost yeah. anybody's oh, yeah, yeah. estimation, right? Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you have an idea, maybe. Aaron? Have you thought about this? Do you have anything to contribute there, Aaron? <laughs> um, not really, not really. I mean, I've tried guessing things in the future, and, and every time I'm wrong. So uh, <laughs> the only thing I know is that uh, other countries are still having problems. They're still having high interest. They're starting to have the problems that we're having, and. Who knows how that's going to have an effect on us? You have Russia is holding back oil from from uh, Europe, and we're trying to dig them out of the problem. That could be a problem this winter when uh, the cold comes around. Yeah. Um, so I, trying to guess these things is almost nearly impossible with, with you know, how here, rapid things a, are changing. Here's a tip for people. Uh, if you find yourself wrong all the time, then here's what you do. Think about what you think is going to happen, and then do the exact opposite, and then it'll be right. What do you think? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say go into weather. Just don't predict the weather. Because <laughs> then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, you know what, you guys? I'm sorry. We're just going to take a really quick break here. I'm running a little overtime. We're going to take a really quick break. We're going to be right back. And here's what we want to know next, Kevin. How do I buy these things? That's what we're going to check out next in just two seconds. Hold on. 
Okay, fine. That wasn't two seconds. But anyway, we are back. Um, so now let's talk about how we buy these things. I've got my, I've got an account at Vanguard, and I've got one at Charles Schwab, and blah blah blah. Can I just go in there and buy these bonds there? Well, not exactly. It so the the way you go is is through TreasuryDirect.gov. It is direct through the Treasury. <laughs> so <laughs> they put it right in the name that you have to go directly to the U.S. Treasury to to buy these and and sell these and, and do things of that nature. Um, or Again, if you're if you get a tax refund, you can go through the IRS, click that button, and buy through that that way. But is that right there on your 1040? Does it say to put your refund well, in bonds? Well, I haven't seen it on a 1040, but I have seen it if you're doing like an HR block, um, or if you go mm-hmm. through your accountant, maybe they'll ask you, and there's a form there. Um, but I've usually seen it as a checkbox. Say, hey, if you're getting a refund, would you prefer to put it in X, Y, and Z? Um, so I have seen it when you file online. Oh, okay. I'm a CPA, by the way, Kevin, so I should have known the answer to my own question. But <laughs> I don't actually do taxes for a little bit. So, <laughs> just, so just anyway, <laughs> uh, so treasurydirect.gov. We're going to have uh, any links that we talk about, guys, in our show notes for our listeners. Um, but so it's have you – here's a question. We've, we've been singing the virtues of these bonds. We've got four financial professionals here. Who owns them? Do you, Miranda? So I don't actually have I bonds yet, <laughs> like because because it's you, it's Kevin? not it's not where I'm at with my portfolio right now. So I do not have I bonds currently. Yeah, do, do you, Kevin? <laughs> I I don't either. I, I don't either. I do not. Do, do you? Do you, Aaron? You know, I I thought about pulling the trigger on these back when they were seven percent, and I knew they were going to jump up even higher. And I was uh-huh. like, ah, but. I just we wanted to hold on to the liquid for other things, and we weren't sure what we we're going to use it for. And well, isn't it interesting when the market was the, going down? It's like, well, let's put it in stocks instead. Yeah. So isn't it interesting that we none of us have this? And and and, and even though obviously I heard what you said, it's only ten thousand dollars. It's only nine nine hundred dollars a year. You know, blah blah blah. Which, by the way, does not sound like really good financial planning because we shouldn't be saying that. We shouldn't be going. Well, it's only nine hundred dollars. Who cares? I mean, the fact is, we we get all our 9.6% with no risk. We should all be doing it. Right. (laughs) But but I guess, you know, the thing is, like you said, it's kind of it's kind of out of focus for me because I'm looking at the stock market all day, you know, and I can I see I'm on Treasury Direct right now. I mean, I can just open one of these accounts and just do this. But I don't know why I have it. You know, well, I also have. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there are a few reasons. So. One is, is depending on, on your risk and, and what you think your, the economic outlook is going to be. So one reason I haven't is I have a, a set amount of cash in, in a savings account that I can get to in case, you know, a, a, a true recession and it comes comes about and things get a lot worse. Also, gas and groceries are a lot more expensive. I want to be able to access my money in, in a shorter time frame than a year. So that's a part of it. I think the other part, too, is just that. The website is just not as sexy <laughs> as your other <laughs> investing apps. I mean, it's my like, it's gosh, a completely compare that. Thing. Compare that to Robinhood. It's way not as fun. <laughs> yeah, and actually, it's it's really yeah, true. It's not. It's, it's an ugly yeah, and it's website. Like I, yeah, and it's like I have to I have to leave the bank. I have to leave my my nice investing app and go all the way to this what feels like archaic website and go do this thing <laughs> and then keep it there for, for X amount of time. And it's just like, do I really want to do that for, for the nine sixty two? And that's, that, that would be the game. But, but the thing too is if inflation, if we're comparing apples to apples, if inflation is, is 9.1 and the, the, the bond is paying 9.62, then you're, you're really making, was that $52 or so? If, mm-hmm. if, you know, if you're yeah. factoring in inflation, which makes it like, do I really want to do all that work for fifty dollars? 
I, I don't know. I can I can not buy tacos for two days and, and get yeah. the same level of return. That's cool. Anyway, actually, that. then let let's use this as a transition to to talk about since the four of us don't have any, um, who should have them? Uh, you mentioned one thing, Kevin. Right, right, right off the bat. I need liquidity. So, in other words, if you don't have a a, um, a savings fund, if you don't have an emergency fund, well, then you sure as heck don't want to be putting stuff uh, your money into an investment that you can't get out for five years. So, obviously, the money it has to be long term money. That's one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and who else? And what what other what other criteria should there be uh, for for people? I mean, who who should be buying these people with five years? They can put money away for five years for one. Uh, maybe yeah, well, people who think inflation is going to get worse, right? Yeah. Well, and I think too, like it, it makes sense. Like if you, if your portfolio strategy and you're saying, okay, well, um, I'm going to make this a regular part of my portfolio strategy and say like, I'm going to put in $10,000 a year or even just $5,000, whatever it is. And you say, this is going to be my inflation protected money. It's going to be my bond money. Um, you know, these things earn interest for 30 years. And so, being able to say like this is part of my portfolio strategy where I have this level of inflation protection in a safe asset, right? Because for many of us, especially of those of us who are <clears throat> younger, uh, we use stocks. <laughs> Which is all as three our, of you. I get that. Okay, <laughs> we use stocks <laughs> as our inflation protection strategy long term, right? My thirty-year inflation protection strategy is is the return on the stock market, which is generally higher, and so I think. There's a lot of combination there is where you look at your portfolio strategy and what's going to work for you. Now, by the way, I want to clear up something. I want to ask another question to make sure. Uh, I'm sure this is true, but I want to make absolutely sure. No matter what inflation does, you can't lose money on this. If you hold it for five years, you will at least get your money back. Is that true? That is true. Yeah, I figured it it would be. yeah, and and that's and that's the the other part of the question of what type of, of people want to or should consider investing in these. If you know for a fact that you are trying to uh, protect a certain amount of money for an item, um, if you know that like I want to gift or, or make sure that I have X amount of dollars for my kids on on this day, thirty years from now, five years from now, whatever that time is going to be, you can still make sure that they are going to get the equivalent of what that amount will be with inflation um, factored into it. So that's another thing. So if I knew, let's say I, I want to buy a car in, in five years and I want to spend ten thousand dollars exactly or twenty or thirty thousand dollars if I'm doing it over time over three years, then I can do that and and basically guarantee myself that the money I have is going to be worth the same. So that is another way that you can look at it if you're if you're if that is your financial goal and that's what you're focused on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, and by the way, I, I read you can also buy these for your children. Um, you have you have to do it. You can put, so you can put ten grand in each of your kids' names too. But you have to do it in some kind of a, like a uniform gift to minors account or something like that, a custodial account, and then it becomes theirs when they're eighteen. So it's not like you can just mm-hmm. use their name to buy more for yourself. You are giving that as a gift, but mm-hmm. it sounds like a nice gift though, you know. And especially when you have yeah. a long time horizon like that. It could be. And and that's the, the beauty of it is I can guarantee that, let's say if a thousand dollars and it's to me, it's a lot, it's still a lot of money. But if a thousand dollars is a lot, you can still guarantee that it's still going to be a lot for them down the line, five, 10 years, whatever, whatever time frame you want to use. Uh, for example, if, if somebody gave me five dollars in 1990, that's really not going to buy a whole lot now. It would have <laughs> right. bought a lot. I, I could have gotten a lot of things at McDonald's for five dollars in the 1990s. I can't do that now. However, if you had invested that money inside of an I bond, you're still going to get the same value because it would have grown with inflation. And you went you went with McDonald's as an example for that, man. I mean, geez, 
We don't. No one should eat a McDonald's. I mean, it, that's and in the 1990s, that was always <laughs> I <mean. McDonald's. laughs> Hey, I ordered. I door dashed myself a McFlurry last night so that I could have ice cream while I was packing my stuff for moving. Do you really so. want to say this on this podcast where everybody can hear it? I have, I have questions about that. Like, was <laughs> it still together? Like, <laughs> I just have a lot of a lot of questions about that in that decision. <laughs> hey, I, I, speaking of questions, I just thought of one that I had. Um, let's talk about taxes. Uh, you know, you can if you want to pay the tax on this every year, right? But you don't have to. Is that true? You can you, you can wait till the end when the when you cash in the bond five years from now, uh, and then pay the interest then. Is that I believe that's true. You guys are the experts. Is that true? I believe that's true. Miranda, yeah. can you do you know if that if you can verify that? Yeah. So so yeah, and it's also important to note that your um, your interest that you receive, and it's just your interest, uh, not your principal. Uh, that it is actually federally taxed, but it's not a state. It's not subject to state or local income tax. So that's nice. Yes. So that's, so and that's, you're, that's but you're not getting a check. There. Every six months, right? I mean, it, it compounds in the bond. Right. Just like yeah, it does it with U.S. savings yes. bonds. And yeah, that's so why you, you can, don't have to pay the tax until the end if you don't want to. Right, yeah. So you can defer reporting until the end. So, yeah. So you can say, like, okay, I'm going to put it off uh, for the year. And then finally, in the end, you can do that. But you can also choose to report every year. So it just sort of depends on what makes sense. Uh, some people are like, hey, it makes sense to report every year on the on the bond, especially if it's in a child's name, because your child is going to be paying taxes at a lower rate. And so if it's in your child's name, if you're doing it for your child, it might make sense to report it every single year. Oh, that makes um, sense. Yeah, uh, but the the thing to remember is that if once you start reporting every year, you have to continue reporting every year. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah. You can't so go you back can't. Yeah, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to report this year, and then I'm going to save the rest of it for later. No, once you make that decision to report that first year, you gotta keep it going. So yeah. So so really think about that and like ta talk to a tax professional, not Stacy, because he's not one, but like uh, but talk, to, <laughs> talk to a tax I am a CPA though. You are a CPA, but not a tax a one. But uh but but I, like I never was in I never did taxes in my whole career. Yeah, but yeah, talk to a tax professional to make sure run the numbers, see what works. But yeah, there are times when, you know, it might make more sense for you, especially like, for instance, if you plan on keeping this thing for the entire 30 years that are, it's going to earn interest, you know, depending on your time frame and what your retirement is going to look like and what tax bracket you think you're going to be in or whether you think taxes are going to go up, like maybe reporting now while you potentially have a lower tax burden makes sense so really think about it and kind of run some numbers and see where you're at yeah you know I'm, we're almost out of time and, and here's what i'm thinking about going through this whole conversation and doing the research that i did what little research i did on this before this podcast it, it seems to me like what i would do uh is use my tax refund you know <laughs> just put that in every year if i were you guys i mean i don't buy green bananas myself because I could be dead before the weekend's over. But but if I were you guys, it seems like that's a good idea because that's money that you, you know, it's, it's sitting there, it's on your tax return, you just click a box and all of a sudden now you've got inflation protection for a small part of your savings. Why not do that? I think it's cute. You think I get a tax refund. Yeah. <laughs> I, can count, I can count the, like on one hand, I can count the number of years in the last 20 years that I've received a tax refund. Last year was in fact one of them. But um most years, I do not get a tax refund. Most years, I, get, I, I get owe. I get one every year because I overpay. 
Because I'm afraid, you know, I, I pay too much. But then I, I well, yeah, once refund. you owe, you're you're kind of trained. Like I don't want to have to go through this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there, there I, are penalties involved. Yeah, see, and I don't usually owe. Like I don't like I I have it pretty well figured out when I pay as I go or whatever. But I have it pretty well figured out, and I end up usually owing. It's less than the thousand dollars, so it's not a problem. Like it's anyway. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you did digress. And we are out of time, too. Does anybody have anything else they need to add really quick? Going once, going twice, out of time. Okay, folks, we are out of time today, but we are never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find lots more info in our show notes. Uh, and remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And visit Kevin Matthews at his website. That is buildingbread.com. It's a really good, that's a really great name for a website. Uh, if you've got any suggestions for us or you got a question or a comment, tell us about it. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one final thing, if you like what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. It takes you two seconds, but it really helps us. So if you like us, don't just sit there. Show us and subscribe and tell your friends too. I'm Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Aaron Freeman. And I'm Kevin Matthews. Thanks, Kevin, for being here. And hey, thanks for everyone for hanging out with us. We're going to see you right here next time.